0: We're seven years old today, man. We're big boys now. We're big boys and girls. We're big now, right? Seven years old. Seven years old. Man, so good. Great job, guys. That was good. That was good. But it ain't over yet we getting it going. Amen. Well, welcome to church here today on our seventh anniversary. If you have not been here before, you don't know who we are. We're Pearl Street Church. Maybe you've been maybe you've been drugged or dragged here. Either way, I'm sorry. Not sorry. I'm glad that you are here, you're in the right place, and I do believe that God's presence is moving. Especially whenever we have so many limitations as humans. And the world in which we live in here today is trying to um, impose its will on us to believe that we are we can defy odds and defy uh, generations and accomplish things that maybe that's only God for only God's control and, and in God's plan. And so, uh, as a people, man, it's just good to sit back and rest and, and really be in the presence of an Almighty God that can do whatever He wants to do whenever He wants to do it, and really defy all human limitations and operate in the extraordinary and uh, so it's good to have you here. We are a church that's after the unchurched. That's what we do. We want to see un- unchurched people come to know Jesus Christ and uh, come to know him and so we've been at it for seven years now. Yep, we are in our seventh year coming up on this journey. We are in the middle of a series right now called Rooted and uh, the, the concept that we're in here today and all of why, why we're having this conversation just before the summer is We gotta know what we believe. Gotta know what we believe. Fundamentally, you gotta know what you believe. If you lack the ability to understand your belief system, anybody can come along with high sounding ideas and and manipulate you, emotionally manipulate you uh, into behaving or acting, maybe out of alignment with the will of God and the Word of God. And so, if we, we, we know who we are and what we believe, we can really stand firm in all of it. Stand firm in what God has called us to do. Who God has called us to be, no matter what obstacles stand in our world today, we can be a generation that truly honors God and loves God. So we're looking at Colossians two is a, a, a verse that we're I've kind of built a series off of. But it says this and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. And so we have a starting point with Jesus. But there's a, the desire that we don't just stay there, that we keep on moving forward. We keep on moving in our faith. We keep on moving forward in our, uh, our walk with Jesus. And um, uh, we follow him. And that's a process, right? It's a journey of learning and growing. Uh, verse number seven says, let your roots grow down into him. So the process of knowing Jesus more, being with Jesus, that there's this transfer that goes on when we spend time with the, the, uh, the savior of the world, a man that came and lived a perfect life. That we would take on his traits, that we would be like him. And so this what it says in here is to grow down into him, that we get the nutrients, that we get the substance from him and let your lives be built on him. Uh, And then it goes on to say, then let your faith or then your faith will grow strong in the truth. Key statement inside of there is the truth, not a truth. We live in a world today of a truth. A lot of a truths are out there. There's so many different truths. My truths, my truths, my world, my thing, my belief, blah blah, blah 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 blah. And it just gets chaotic. It gets crazy. Um, but when you know the truth, you're uncompromised by a truth. And the truth comes from Jesus Christ. The truth comes from the Word. And so, if we know what the Word is, and we're growing our roots down into Him, then we're unchanged by culture and the emotional whims of culture. People that are uh, being that allow flesh to control desires and will and beliefs. And, and it's always shifting. So, uh, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth. You were taught and you will be, uh, you overflow with thankfulness. And there's that peace that comes with it. When you know you're living in the truth, when, when the, the God of all creation has laid out a plan and then you're living in that plan, right? You're hitting the mark of following Jesus, walking in godliness, living a holy life. It positions us, um, to walk with thankfulness, walk in joy, walk in peace. That's why our world is so anxious today, because we're missing the mark on God's standard, but we're hitting the mark on every human standard. And when we hit the mark on human standard, it's less than God's standard, and we can find ourselves, we're never going to be content. So what do we do? We'll move towards a substance and or a pill to appease what we can't find in human, yeah. human world. It only comes from Jesus. It only comes from completion of our souls. And so we want we, we got to know what we believe. And, and so today as we celebrate seven years, you know, have you, have you ever been in that place in your life where you, you, you've lived for a period of time and then you wake up one day and you realize, wow, I graduated kindergarten. I'm really coming up in life. And then you graduate middle school and you're thinking like, dude, I'm, it's on now. I'm going to high school. I'm a big kid now. And then you get like 23 and you're like, where in the world did high school go? I'm like in my last, my senior year of my degree plan and about to start my career. But you have these moments in time. You wake up and you're married. You wake up and you have kids. You wake up and there's an empty nest. And you wake up and you got grandkids. And then you wake up and you're like, what in the world? My life. Where did it go? Oh, my God. Now, here's the the beauty. Uh, In our world today, we are an industrialized society. America is always about moving forward. The next challenge, conquer, gain, conquer, you know. And we can get caught in the rat race of just moving forward without ever slowing down and stopping and looking back. You know, God knew this about us. That's why we put in the Ten Commandments, keeping the Sabbath day holy, having a day to stop. If God can create uh, everything that we see in six days and he himself rested on the the seventh day, he's built it in that we would operate in the same perspective, that we don't want to burn on both ends, that there's there's value in slowing down and having a day to, to Sabbath and rest with the intention of, looking on all that God has done and seeing that it is good. I think sometimes we can get so far into the trenches of building and growing and moving forward in our lives and we never stop to say, what has God done? What what has he done in my life? And we can live it with discontentment inside of our hearts as opposed to, wow, I mean, one miracle. I'm not even deserving of one miracle, but God did three last week. I feel so good for my future now as I move forward. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I once was. And so I can be content here today. As Paul would say, I've learned how to be content whether I have plenty or I'm in lack. I'm content because of Jesus Christ. You know the deal with the the number seven, it's the year of completion. This is beautiful. The year of completion. It's God's perfect number. Year of completion. It's a year of celebration. You know, as Jeremiah tried to speak it into the the Jewish people, it was a year where all debts were canceled. They didn't necessarily necessarily agree with that, so they didn't actually live it out. But I'm just saying today, man, it'd be nice for all these debts to be canceled in Jesus' name. (laughs) But just FYI, our church is debt-free. All good in the hood. So we're good. We're good for now. We don't need any debts to be canceled. (laughs) But it's a year of completion, celebration. It's a year to look back on all that God has done. And, and for me in my life, I've always stood upon this place to, to live in appreciate, appreciation, looking back. You know, all of us have a start. Every single one of us were birthed at some point in time. None of us were, uh, never, None of us escaped that reality. We all have come from somewhere, right? And so oftentimes what we can do is we'll look back and not be happy with our start. But the Bible would tell us that if we honor our father and mother... That we would live a long life in, in the land in which God has given to us, and so I, whether I have always enjoyed my start or maybe the existence that my parents put me in, I've come from very humble beginnings, um, and and uh, you know God has blessed, Amen. Um, but sometimes I'm like, why didn't I have what they had, and why didn't I have this family, why didn't I get that, and blah blah blah. You know, I wanted to drive the Mustang in high school, but I had an 85 Chevrolet that sputtered down the road, and uh. and you can be discontent, right? You can be discontent. When you're growing up, but I I live in this world today as a pastor to live in appreciation for the sacrifices of the past. And if you're a part of our church uh, right now, I mean, maybe you're just passing through, but if you're an owner in this this house, what I wanted to do uh, today is just give you a glimpse into the roots of my past, of of my generations beyond me. Uh, I, I would say it this way our church stands upon the backs of giants, those that have gone before us in faith. Yes, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes, for sure. But there are generations beyond me, four generations that were saved and that have committed their lives to Jesus and following him and serving the local church. And I thought today uh, it would be great for you guys to see a little bit of my history and those that have gone before me that has put us in a place today to stand on a firm foundation and stand upon the backs of giants that have gone before us. So check out this video of my, my family. All right, church. Well seven year anniversary and we are here with the one and only my Nana Cadell, my mom, Melissa Cadell, and my dad, um, dad Cadell, <laughs> Steve Cadell. And um, you know, today I thought it'd be great for, um, to get generations that have gone before that have lived rooted in Christ, given so much, done so much, served so well, and prayed prayers that we get to live out today. And we get to walk in and set us up for success. So uh, Nan, I just, you know, I wanna talk to you on, you know, you knew uh, our great grandfather who was saved and you know the story. And so just, can you talk about Pastor Bob?
1: Well, uh, Bob Cadell, his name is Robert G. Cadell and he was called Brother Bob, and Seadrift was a small fishing village on the San Antonio Bay. And uh, he came, he was elected to that church and when he was 27 years old. Before that, he, uh, John Ellswick was pastoring Port and this church too, yeah. so he came to Seedrift and he told these people, I have a young man that I think you would like to be your pastor. Well, he was living at the time, Brother Bob was living in his family in uh, Bloomington. Everybody loved him, no matter what church they went to. Yeah. If they got sick, if they went to the hospital, they called him yeah. and he went that Cedriff Church, he pastored that church for 32 years before he passed away in uh, 1969 and he was 59 years old. I taught Sunday school, I taught everywhere from the first little kids all the way up to the adults. So I taught and then my husband led the choir in that church, and he later became an ordained minister. Then we pastored a church in Bloomington, Texas, 20 miles, like I said, from there. And uh, we pastored for three years, and then my husband was still working for Union Carbide, and he became ill, and so we had to give the church up. But anyway, Uh, God has been good and I can assure you there was much prayer that went into from the time of the beginning and still goes into all these kids that I have now that are pastors and grandkids and you know they're prayed over every day by me and a lot of other people I'm sure so and God gets the credit for everything for everything.
0: And it's, it's good to just hear the history and the level of sacrifice that's gone into it. You know, Christ has obviously made a massive impact in generations, our generation's lives. And But there's also been commitment and sacrifice and um, a tremendous amount of resilience through, you know, all, all that life throws at us, and especially in full-time ministry and uh, working with people. People are messy. And, you know, you guys have... Um, you know, went full-time ministry over years, but didn't start that way. Um, you know, served in church for a long period of time, and and were very faithful in what you guys did. But you had a calling on your life uh, at an early age to to pastor and lead. And what did that look like for you? What did that moment for you um, look like? Whenever you felt called to say, "Hey, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna preach the gospel. I wanna, I wanna lead a church. I wanna help people." And,
2: but It goes back really um, to an early age of my life where I was coming home because our our schedule on Sundays was we would go to church on Sunday morning, we'd do that, we'd come home, mom would usually have a roast or something in the, the cooking and a pot of beans or something and we'd have our lunch, but then we had to lay down for a little while and take a rest or a nap because we had a full schedule uh, following the rest of the evening. So. I was in my room this one Sunday after we'd come home from service and I was reading the Bible because uh, I had to do something and it couldn't make noise because everybody else in the house was sleeping. And uh, I was reading the Bible and I don't remember now what scripture it was. I was just reading. and, And I heard this voice in a very audible, very deep, very calm, very assuring. And it said, preach my word. Uh, my bedroom at the time backed up, or was right next to my mom and dad's bedroom. And so I, I thought, you know, they're playing a joke on me, you know, because I know I don't like to take naps and I'd rather be doing something else. And so I got up and I went to their door and I tapped on it real lightly. They said, yes, and, and I opened. I said, are y'all, are y'all saying anything in here? Are y'all talking? And then my mom said, what do you mean? And I said, I, I'm hearing these words, preach my word. I'm hearing this voice. They say, preach my word. And she said, maybe God is talking to you. Uh, So my calling was kind of a gradual process uh, for me uh, to get to the place where um, I had felt that there was nothing else left for me to do uh, because I knew that I had to to surrender and submit to God and, and the calling on my life from that eight or nine year old boy who heard those voices from God, his voice in my room.
0: October 1997, you start Heart of Praise Worship Center off of Silver Springs Road, out a Heritage Middle School. That was it. That was year number one. Can you can you jump into just kind of the the heart behind it?
2: I don't see it as giving up. Yeah, I seeing as allowing God to be use us. Um, there's nothing in this world that we could ever attain. That God cannot replace multiple times over and over and over and over again. I was just talking to um, the coffee truck guy today. Yeah, Preston. <laughs> and uh, and I went out and got some coffee from him this morning, yeah. and and he was just thanking me. He said, "Thank you for doing what you do," and and and. And, uh, you know, for Pastor Brent and what, what he's doing, he's changed my life. And he said, I got saved at 21, I'm 42 now. He said, but the adventure that I've been on has been so amazing. How, what material thing in this world can replace that? Life change, eternal life change, not temporary. It's eternal. That young man is gonna live in heaven forever. And I'm gonna have the opportunity to witness and be a part of that with him. So there's nothing in this world that could, can replace a, a life, because that life, that soul, that heart is eternal. It's not temporary. Everything else in this world is temporary. It is going to cease and desist at some point in time, but yet you and I and everyone else in this world are gonna live forever. Uh, because when God calls you to a community, just like I spoke about my grandfather, your great-grandfather, He was called to that community. He was called to those people. And it didn't matter. The the sacrifice is not not a sacrifice. Jesus is the only one that sacrificed. He's the only one that can say, I have sacrificed everything. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't given enough. Every day of my life, there's more that I want to give because I realize how much he's given me every day, every day.
3: You know, I know when I was saved, I was saved on the scripture. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Now, when I was only nine years old, I was like, man, I want to wanna live, so I'm going to accept Jesus, okay? But, but, you know, here we are all these years later, but I really do believe that. You know, my life is all, really, it's all about that. Although I am, you know, raised y'all and cooked for the family, worked, we, you know, lived life, but but that was always priority for me. Was what God was doing in our lives, what He was doing in you, in your you guys' lives, you know, and of course in in your in your wives, you know, as that as the family grew and then the grandchildren now, and and um, I just think that's so important because I know people always ask, how did you raise a family of four boys and of them to be in faith, and and I think that it's because we just live Jesus. Like I really I tell people, ask any of my sons. And we really are the same. Yep. We're the same at home yep. that we are anywhere else. And I think that's a comfort to yep. to young pe to to the kids to y'all. But I think it's a comfort to people in the world. Yep. Is that can you just be yep. Jesus people? <laughs> can you just love Jesus?
0: You know, obviously, there's a dream that I had 13 years ago now, and uh, you know, God speaking into my life on what my future could look like, and. Um, and that all came to be through a process on, you know, looking downtown, the church is expanding, the school being in the building, and, and so things were happening kind of, you want to tell that story, Mom?
3: Well, I think what starts with the story is that we had anointed this area yep. years ago, yep. and we were just believing God for the city, and so as far as we, the, the building we're in now was just not a lot of space and we were looking for office space we just felt like if we got something central it'd be a little easier to have meetings because we were still coming together and and so we started looking down in this area and really thought we had found a great location over close to um, in the pearl area over by the green restaurant yep. and right at the point we were going to sign the contract on that they called and said uh the architectural company that was um, over there was wanting the space. And they felt like they needed it, you know, they had first rights to it, and so they weren't gonna be able to lease to us. So we were pretty bummed. It was the day we were gonna sign, they called and told us. So we were driving around down here again, and came up the street, and I mean, this building had been here this whole the whole time, um, and it had a huge, remember the banner with the phone number? It was probably as big as the building. And we were like, how did we miss this phone number, right? So we wrote the number down, and was pretty anxious to call, and so later that day, I remember being in the in the kitchen at the house, and I made the phone call, and Barbara answered the phone and told her who I was, and she said, "This must be from God." She says, "I'm out in the middle of the ocean, we're on a cruise, I have not had phone cell phone service cell service this whole time." And your call came through. Yeah. And so I had told her we were looking for office space. She says, well, I would love to give you office space, but how about starting a church? Yeah. Pretty soon we met with them. And, uh, you know, she shared her, her heart for what she wanted the church, to, this building to be. And so that's what ended up happening. Uh, you know, Pearl Street was planted. I think you were pretty shocked by it. But you had the picture of the downtown area yeah. on your desk on the wall in front of your desk there. At, and that, yes. We were having, having an office out of the balcony because we had no space. Yeah. And you had your desk there. And on your desk wall, you had a picture, a printout yeah. of what you felt was the vision of the area where God had called you to. And I told you, I said, you need to go look because it's exactly, that area is exactly what you had in that picture.
0: You know, we're celebrating seven years of ministry. God's uh, number of completion, God's perfect number, um, and it's a—it's uh, been seven years of—I don't even want to cry. <laughs> it's been seven years, and uh, man, it's been a journey. Um, everything has a start, and everything has a process, and it's been a process. But you know, we're we're here and standing upon the backs of giants and those that have gone before us. And, man, it's just uh, it's uh, humbling, you know uh, whew, humbling thank you guys for your sacrifice thank you for your prayers I know it hasn't been easy and Heather and I are doing everything in our power to, to honor that by the lives in which we lead and the care over this house in which we served with, and so thank you for the years of sacrifice, and investment, and the prayers over me and us you know, and us today, and our, our children that us set us up for success. And um, so, just thank you, love you guys, love you, love you, love you, love you. So that's a that's my family, <laughs> and those that have given so much, and um, you know I want I want to highlight that because I think sometimes in our generation we live in a generation that can be so dishonoring towards those that have gone before us. Yeah. We're we're being cultivated in our generation today to be disrespectful, disrespect authority, that when there's structure, when there when there's correction, that it's you know. Uh, it's to harm us, but there's, there's so much beauty in honor, so much beauty in honoring those that have gone before us. And you know my parents aren't perfect. There's nothing you know I can't sit here and say my parents are perfect, but what I can say is they're, they're parents that love Jesus and they're doing everything in their power in order to build the local church. They're individuals that whenever they started the church 23 years ago going on 24 in October, they literally cashed in their 401k. And said, so We're using this in order to start the church. We really believe that Jesus has transforma- transforming power and that we want to share this with the world. We want to see people's lives forever changed. And, you know, as a, as a young man, seeing my parents, they, they truly lived what they preached. It, it, was, it was a real thing, it wasn't just something that was talked about, it was something that was lived. I mean, to the point of bringing homeless individuals into our home to help them transition off of the streets into a job. And my mom would help them get into a career field. And like they were living this right in front of me. And the beauty of of a generation truly latching hold of God and saying, we're going to believe this. We're going to live this. We're going to walk by this. We're going to pray prayers of faith over it. And we're going to trust God in the middle of this. I can say thousands of times over that God just kept on showing up and doing miraculous things. I remember when my dad, we were looking, uh, we were in a small building of like 3,000 square feet and there was an 18,000 square foot building down the, the road. And my dad kept on saying, this is where God has us. This is where God's calling us to. This is gonna be our building. And essentially what my dad, what, what my dad said is that, God said, if you go do a work in India, he'll do a work here in the States. So literally we raised $30,000, took 15, 16 individuals over to India did this work over there for two weeks, this massive conference that we did in India. And when we came back, the deal got done on that 18,000 square foot building. And that was the next step for my parents in the, the ministry on a miracle showing up on their behalf. They didn't have the money for it. The building was worth over a million dollars. But they went in and they said, well, you take three hundred and seventy five thousand for it. My dad was like, where do I sign? Where do I sign? A miracle for the ability of my parents to continue ministry on the southeast side of San Antonio. There's beauty in a in faithfulness of a generation. And I, if I if I'm driving home one thing here today, what, what I want us to hear in this atmosphere here today is we're standing on the backs of giants that lived in big belief years ago. I mean, my great-grandfather was saved out of the oil field, Pastor Bob. Was saved out of the oil field, gave his life to Christ, started serving in the local church, and then had an opportunity to lead a church in Sea drift and he did it. And then that faithful step in generations to raise his kids, raise his family, keep on saying yes to God, keep on praying big prayers. Here we are four generations later, and I'm walking in the fruit of prayers that have been prayed 100 years ago. Your yes today has so much power. And not only your yes to Jesus, but your faithfulness to Jesus. Your faithfulness to say, even when the going gets tough, our God is greater than the individual circumstances. We can take off the blinders and say, man, God, expand our horizon. Let us see bigger. You're the God of all of creation. Bring our mindset, our perspective greater to see bigger than this moment. This one challenge is not going to define me. This one circumstance will not define me. Your your love for me and your transforming power in me will define who I am. And my choice to follow you will define who I am. I got to see bigger than this present moment. It sets up generations beyond us. I'm just walking in the faithfulness and the fruitfulness of generations that have been beyond me. What are you saying yes to today? What faithfulness are you walking in here today that's setting up the next generation for you? How can you sit here today and dream about a hundred years from now when your kids are walking, living, fulfilling their calling that God has on their life? How are you setting them up today for success based on your prayers, based on your life, based on your belief? What are you doing today to set them up for success? Because I'll tell you, if we're living by faith, not walking by sight, but we're living by faith, walking by faith, trusting God by faith, right? God's going to show up in a profound way that is undeniable for our kids, undeniable for our kids, right? When we look at Hebrews 11, we're looking at father's of faith that didn't just talk it, they walked it. Individuals that said this is this is crazy to man. But this is what God is asking me to do, and I'll defy the odds of man by walking in faith towards my creator, walking in commitment and obedience towards my creator. It may not look right now to human perspective, but it will look right to God's heart, and he'll keep on showing up on my behalf. Because here, we're here just to honor one. We're here to serve one. That is it. We're not here to serve man. We're here to serve God. We're here to bless him and bless his holy name right here on this earth. Amen? So God is setting this up. So if there's anything going on today, can you think about what are you doing today? What yes are you walking in here today? What faithfulness are you walking in here today? What reality are you defying? How are you looking at circumstances saying this will not define me? How are you walking through the chaos of this life and saying, God, you are greater than what I am walking in? How are you looking at the dysfunction of your life and saying, Jesus, you have the power to conquer this with me in this situation? How are you walking with God through all of this? Man, it is setting us future generations up for success. If I'll leave one thing with you here today, the last thing I'm going to leave you with is this. He's too good to not believe it. He's too good to not believe it. As we just sang in a minute ago, God is too big to not believe that he is real, that he is on his throne, that he is still in the miracle working business. We started this church seven years ago. It was with a dream and by faith. We had nothing. We had one person say, hi, hey, I'll give you $10,000 to start the church and praise God for them. It was a loan that started off as a loan and then six months later they said, hey, we'll just let you have it. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, because we don't have the money to pay back. <laughs> but it started by faith and with the prayer and constant faithfulness of obedient people walking through these doors and trusting God. We've seen, uh, as of today, it'll be 372 people get baptized Woo! over the last seven years. <laughs> Amen. Over 5,000 people said, I want to follow Jesus inside of our church. I'll tell you, we've been able to partner with uh, organizations rescuing people out of sex, uh, sex trafficking. We've partnered with organizations meeting people on the streets and feeding uh, a hungry South Texas through um, the, the food program. We've been able to go out on the streets and serve thousands of homeless individuals on our streets through the bags of blessing. We've seen countless marriages restored in our church. Multiple drug addicted individuals give their life to Jesus and be set free. Just last week. We had a woman come in that's living on the streets. She's been coming for three weeks now, but she said there's something different about this place. It's real. The people are real." She handed over her crack pipe and said, "Break this. I don't longer want to be held bound to this anymore. Amen. We, we serve a God that is still faithful. People that have walked in with disease, we've been able to lay our hands on them, be healed in Jesus' name. Tumors that have been evaporated out of people's body just for praying and believing. Babies that have been conceived where where they've been uh, given a diagnosis that they'll never be able to have a baby. I'm telling you, God is in the miracle working business. He is too good to not believe. It's too good. He's been faithful to multiple generations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the yes of Abraham. We still live in the fruit of that blessing here today. We are a blessing, uh, uh, we are a blessing to the world, and God is blessing us. Amen? Amen. Man, we got to latch hold of that and believe that. And, you know, one of these songs that I've just been resting in lately, and it's called A Million Little Miracles. And if you heard it, you know what I mean. But I'll tell you as a pastor, as I stand up here today, seven years into the mix, I pinch myself oftentimes looking around thinking, God, you've just been too good. You've done way too much. We don't, we don't deserve it. The reality is that that's a proper perspective. We don't deserve it. It's not what we deserve, but it is a belief that we have that God can do it. And I think if we just continue to exist in a place of a high belief to trust God, that he can do what his word says he can do, we're going to continue to see God's hand of, of blessing and miracles all over our movement. But, but this, song that's been resonating in my life and i want us to sing it here today and 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 just rest in it because i think i think he's been too good to not believe but sometimes we don't slow down to to stop and think about it i mean this is year seven the whole point of this year for us is hey slow down rest in who god is celebrate all that he has done thank him for all that he has done inside of our lives and inside of our church he is good But if we don't do that, we can live in a place to say, well, he needs to do more. Jesus left his hometown when they said, ah, we don't know who you are. You're just a carpenter. You can't really do that. And miracles cease to exist in that hometown because of lack of belief. But if we're an individual that slows down and can look back, we can rest assured. So just listen to this song, how it starts off. And we'll sing it here in just a minute. It says this all my life. I've been carried by grace. All my life, I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how because I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle that I'm here. I've got some blessings that I don't deserve. I got some scars, but that's how you learn. It's nothing short of a miracle that I'm here. I think it over and it doesn't add up. I know it comes from above. I've got miracles on miracles, a million little miracles. Yeah, miracles upon miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I, I can't even count them all. Come on, let's stand to our feet today. And I want us just to sit here today and look back just for a second. Can we slow life down and think about the miracles that God has performed inside of your life? What has he done on your behalf? The prayers that you pray that nobody knows? that you prayed at the darkest hour of your life, in the deepest place of night, the prayer that you prayed was in desperation, and God showed up and moved on your behalf. Maybe there's a prayer that you have today that you're saying, God, I need you to move in. Hey, the God that answered your prayer yesterday, this God can answer your prayer today. Maybe the prayer that you prayed 10 years ago for the restoration in your marriage and here you are today thriving, Maybe the prayer you prayed over your kids where they were lost and hurting, but today they've been found and they're restored. Come on, maybe it's your life on the edge and the fringe. Maybe you were in a prison of addiction, but those doors came off through Jesus Christ. And it was in those deep, dark places where you prayed a prayer and you experienced a miracle. Well, there's a million little miracles. You can't even count them all if you really think about it. Come on, can we just thank God for all that he is? As we slow down today and we lean into celebrating his goodness. On our seventh year. Come on, let's sing it.